to get by Benning. Darnell Nurse left it in the corner, gets up center. Perry! Welcome everybody to a Sunday evening, probably Monday morning episode. As long um, as Eddie gets the podcast up tonight, he can still say that. As you can hear, we have Patrick here. <laughs> Hi, Patrick. How's it going, man? It's been a long time. Yeah, I I actually wanted to talk to you about that. What was it like? Um, did you were you able to capture a Tasmanian devil? I was on um, on a suspension. I was suspended for the last four weeks, so I finally served my my four week suspension. Now I'm back on the podcast for taking a run at somebody on Twitter. I'm sure. I'm sure it was something like that. I, I probably annoyed one of the hosts, one of you guys, right? So I'm yes. sure it was, it was something along those lines. But yeah. uh, look, we just had to sit him down for a couple games, and uh, you know, let him watch from the box. Yeah, yeah, you know, he knows what's going on again. You know, yeah, yeah, okay. he, had to, he had to sit up there with the boss and and just you know watch how the plays go and see how they do uh, podcasts again. And now we think he's ready to uh, to join back on and and uh, take you know, the helm of the mic. We're excited for the opportunities. I don't know how we're doing this tangent right now. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, One game tonight, though, man. Yeah, Ducks, so uh, Ducks pull out a four-one win against St. Louis at home. So and what a week it caps off, eh? Because. You got a four-game homestand, and they win all four pretty decisively. And I think, for me, tonight was the one that was the most interesting because tonight was the first night they really played a good team. Um, St. Louis I is second the in their way. conference. These la- the three games prior, these I mean, these are the games that if you wanted to look at a team that was going to step forward and win against bad teams and you don't want to be part of that group, those were the teams. Yes, I think that's 100% right. I think that, that this week was actually a really good example for the three games of you have to beat bad teams to be successful. Um, and those are kind of the surefire signs, like you're saying, of a team that's like in, headed in the right direction. But to then cap that off with a win over um, St. Louis, who I think this was... Uh, yeah, so they only have... Oh, they their have second regulation loss. Second regulation loss, yeah. Um, it, it pretty pretty freaking great, man. Pretty remarkable. Um, I mean, they did lean on Gibby tonight, and that's because St. Louis is a much better team, yes. in my opinion. So Gibby had to basically stand on his head, although I was quite concerned that first goal was pretty soft. <laughs> Bad turnover led to that goal, but that was a pretty soft goal. Yeah, I, you know, I... That one's just, that's just bad luck on everybody. Like, that's just such a fumbled, I just don't think he was prepared for it. No. And then he stood on his head the rest of the game. Right, yeah, and then he shut him out the rest of the game. And, you know, I think for him, that's him probably trying to prove something, that that first goal was a little bit fluky, especially coming off of, uh, the because it was Stolarz, I think, who played against Arizona, and who looked, um, yeah, he played against Arizona, and he looked great. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so they went 4-2 over Montreal, 4-0 over Jersey, 3-1 over Arizona, and then capped the week off tonight 4-1. So they go 4-0 on the homestand, 4-0 uh, 
on a nice little streak, and apparently it is the first time since just before Carlisle got fired, I believe, that the Ducks have had a four-game win streak, which is nice. Yeah, well, let's, you know, this is really positive, especially because we don't have Zegers in the lineup either, right? Mm-hmm. One of the most dynamic players we have on on this roster, and Comtois not doing anything. He's still, he's still pointless, and we're still getting it done. I mean, the Ducks have, what, 15 goals in four games and only let in four? That's a hell of a weak run for a team that we didn't really expect a whole lot, of, lot out of, and they're making the most of it. Yeah, absolutely. I You know, I think they've... They've looked better this last week than they've looked at any point in the season. Like, they really look like they're starting to get their feet under them. I mean, even the fourth line looks like it's gotten a lot better. Sam Steele has come in and kind of continued to find a nice little niche for Had himself. A tonight. Yeah, and it's a Used nice... His own stick. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's 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 one of those repeatable goals, right? Like, he just goes to the front, Lindy gets a shot on net. And he just gets his stick there and he just dumps it. You know, he just tips it perfectly under uh, Bennington's leg pad. So, you know, it was a great play. Troy Terry remains hot. Yeah, 11-game point streak. Um, Ridiculous. I think he's like third or fourth or something like that in goals in the league. Like, it's it's fantastic right now, man. It's, It's such a fun kind of stretch right here for Ducks fans, I think. Yeah, and I think they have a really good chance to kind of let this continue here for the next week. They um, they have some teams they should be coming up. And, of course, you know, they're going to play tougher teams. But my question to you, and I'm not trying to, uh, to sap the fun out of anything going on in Anaheim because I'm having a great time watching this team. Troy Terry lighting it up is awesome, especially after all the trash I've talked about him um, <laughs> over the past several seasons where he just wasn't the performer that we thought he was going to be. Uh, and we was kind of concerned. He's 24 years old, and that's usually where you want to see these guys. In my opinion, he should already have been here two seasons ago, but at least we're seeing it now. Very happy about it. But my point on this is everybody was concerned about the rebuild. Now that they're winning, they're right around 500, above 500 right now. Um, we want this team to be competitive and win, but are you concerned at all about them middling this whole time and not getting the full rebuild complete? And and they kind of that happening rather than them continuing to build and make changes. Or are you just excited to watch this team do well? I uh, I, I would say I would say honestly, honestly, that I'm. It's not something I'm really worried about yet. Just because I still fully expect the wheels to fall off the wagon thirty five forty games in. Um, you know, I don't expect to be definitively like right now after tonight the Ducks are third in the Pacific which is a definitive playoff spot and I I just don't expect that to be the case I think what they're getting right now is a little bit of luck and some production and they're riding hot hands and hot goaltenders but I think as the season wears on I think we're going to see that kind of cumulative effect wear on the goalies and just by nature some of these players are going to go cold and if some of the other ones aren't able to step up, and I'm not really expecting it to, like, you know, Sam's Carrick already got three goals. Like, I'm not expecting him to kind of keep up that kind of rough pace and go be all of a sudden be a 20-goal scorer this year. Um, you know, I, I think for me, it's just more about them seem to be continually generating chances and the fact that the power play, even when they're not scoring, it looks good. Like, if they're still this team 
around the trade deadline, or I guess even in February, I'll be very nervous because it would be very hard for me to trust Bob Murray to make the right decision and move a couple of these guys out still instead of holding on to them or like committing in a way that maybe he shouldn't because he's too close to the playoffs. Um, yeah, and, and that would I, be my I, think. That would the be my expectation. Concern. Should be set to where I think you and I have talked about this a lot. Let's just watch these young players play really well, take step forward, take steps forward, and just ride the season. Enjoy the highs and not worry about the lows too much. Mm-hmm. I'm with you there, hundred percent. I, I, we should just enjoy this. I don't want to pick this apart, you know, and have everyone, you know, people think, oh, we should be tanking this and that. Um, I'm right there with you on that. I, I, I would only be concerned if we get to, to February. <laughs> yeah. The Olympic break and this team is third in the standings. I'm like, man, that's – what are we going to do? Like that's going to be a real yeah, interesting exactly. point. Real interesting point. And, I, you know, it's interesting too to, to – to And there's say, a long way to go. I'm not getting ahead of myself. Yeah, no, just, but, but it's it, – you know, I mean, look, we – like you said, like we all know what this season is and this season's supposed to be a rebuilding season. And so I think the way we're kind of looking at it with an eye on the big picture more often than not I think changes the way that people engage with it. But I think, you know, um, uh, the St. Louis got a bunch of credit a few years ago for moving Stastny at the deadline. I think that was when he moved to Vegas. Or St. Louis moved Paul Stastny at the deadline, even though they were close to a playoff spot, and they ended up being able to use that asset to do something. I don't remember what it was. I don't know if that turned into one of the, like, Cairo kids or something like that. But I'm getting... I, I hear what you're saying. I see what you're getting at here. You're, you're like, that's the move to make yeah, to better your team they for another day. Exactly. They didn't buy into their own hype, you know, in the short term. And, you know, I think Doug Armstrong is a pretty similar GM philosophically maybe to Bob Murray. So I guess that that could be a little bit positive there. But, you know, I mean, look, how many nights do you expect, I guess, to see Gruel to Grant to Carrick perfect tic-tac-toe play? (laughs) Not, Not very often. You know what I mean? Like, if we get four more of those this year, I'll be perfectly happy with that like you know that and it was a great play and that's you know the kind of plays you're like oh yeah these guys are like professionals for a reason some of these guys look like schmucks compared to these other guys but these guys are really good (laughs) and you know so I think you know like you said when the when the Olympic break comes around that'll be a little bit closer to when we'll get a better idea of what is or isn't on the table but for now the kids are playing well. Troy Terry's on a hot streak. Getzloff looks great. Um, you know, I don't even know how we haven't talked about that yet. Getzloff officially, We're going to. <laughs> you know, Getzloff officially becomes the uh, all-time points leader for the Ducks. He's at 993 now. Uh, passes Timu, who is at uh, 989. Um, so, yeah, you know what, man? I've talked enough, especially over the last few weeks. Tell, tell the people how you feel about Getzy. Getzy is one of my favorite players to ever wear an Anaheim sweater for sure. Uh, I put out on Twitter today, you know, who's your, your ducks Mount Rushmore just kind of wanted to get people's ideas on that because it's tricky. Hockey obviously, you know, is a position where there's five guys on the ice and, you know, plus the goaltender. So I'm like, what are people going to pick? We've had pretty damn good players across the eras uh, in every position. Um, And the one where I kind of got stuck is like, do I put Jiggy in there? Jiggy's a Conn Smythe winner. Jiggy, as a Stanley Cup guy, 
but I really felt that uh, the, you know my guys are Getzloff, uh, Timu, Paul Korea, and Scott Niedermeyer, and I think Getzy deserves that. He's he you know I guess he's not as he's not as flashy as you know some of the other offensive guys, but he's that power forward. He, he's always been a leader on this team, and dude, I mean, do you remember the oil when they, when we played the Oilers? Back in, I think it was 2017, the, when the Ducks went on that run, and Gesloff just was like, yeah, we're going to win. We're just going to win. And he, he just took over that series. And I, I just, man, I, it's hard to it's hard to talk about um, everything he's done for this franchise because you kind of forget sometimes now that he's older. Mm-hmm. And you see everyone complains about his drop passes or they complain that he doesn't hustle back. And it's like, he was a damn good center uh, in this league for the majority of his career. And he's been playing hockey in the NHL for 17 years. Yeah. So and he's inching really, really close to that 1,000-point mark. Uh, seven more to go. He's obviously going to hit that this year. To me, he's, he's a top-four duck all the time, and it, it, there's no question about it. Yeah, I you know, I, I, I've been saying for probably a couple years now is when I kind of really made up my mind on it. Like, for me, he's the greatest duck of all time. Um. I think if you want to say who's the best duck of all time, like who's best version of themselves, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, well, uh, Timu. I, I think it's Timu, but you've got Scott, you've got Pronger, you've got, um, you know, I mean, that Korea, like was just the perfect storm of players. Yeah. Like Robbie calls his brother and goes, Hey, can you come over and win Stanley cups here with us, please? Yeah. And then or they cup, don't you win a Stanley cup with us. And then they do. Right. Yeah, well, and then they lose to Edmonton, and then Edmonton loses in the finals, <laughs> and then yeah. they trade for Chris Pronger. Like, after having seen what Joffrey Lupul did, they were like, you know what? We're going to give up Joffrey Lupul for one of the probably 10 greatest defensemen of all time. Insane. Um, it, yeah, that was the perfect storm in 07. It, it was incredible. Like, you know, but, but I think for me, like you said, like, everything about Getzloff is like, it. he has been the Ducks for, you know... 12, 13 years at this point. Like, everything about the way that he plays the game is how the Ducks have been built. Like, you know, they've... Especially when the Ducks were at their best. Like, you could always tell how the team was going to play any given night by, like, how engaged physically Getzloff was. Like, when he was just plastering dudes, you were just like, oh, yeah, no, this game is over. Like, you know, it's just is what it is. Like, he's just completely on night, on tonight. You know, and he's... <laughs> he's big and he's strong and he's got incredible vision. Like they were talking about it the other night and Rick DiPietro made this, the comment. Um, he was saying it sucked ever playing against Getzloff because you know, he sees the entire ice and you know, he sees that everything's going on. And even though you know, he's going to pass his shot is so good that you still can't cheat. And so you just have to pray essentially, that whenever he does make that pass, you can get across. And, and that's just insane. Well, and he gets he gets such a, like a, a bad rap from fans a lot. A lot, of, a lot of people forget how good he really is and how long he played at a high level for, for this team. They, they, make, they give, you know, give a hard time about an errant pass or a turnover. And, you know, I always point to a stat that's it's kind of not really all that talked about. And it's, it's funny because it's the – um, like the turnovers. You look at turnover stats. Like mm-hmm. go look at who has the most turnovers. They're the best players in the game, or right. some of the best players in the game, because they have the puck all the time, and so they're not perfect, 
right? But they always have the puck. Possession is is huge. And Getzloff, uh, people complain about him. And I just don't get it. He plays in every situation. Plays penalty kill. Plays power play. Plays five on five. He fights. He hits. He has incredibly great, you know, soft hands. Uh, and like you said, he he can rip the puck. Um, I mean, a hell of a career for him. I hope he plays another season or two. But uh, but yeah, I mean, and right now he's got eleven points in in twelve games. Yeah, he's doing fucking great, dude. He's, <laughs> like he's he's amazing. He's, he's incredible. Like he's tied for fourth right now in the league in assists. Um, you know, offered himself up last year. If you can get pieces for me, you know, I'll gladly play somewhere else. <laughs> I mean, he's he's yeah, he's the best, man. I just I don't I don't know how else to say it. Like everything about him is just like the kind of hockey that I love. Like. And and I think to your credit, like it does feel like some of the fans who don't like Getz here, with a couple notable exceptions, it feels by and large like it's younger people who see McKinnon and McDavid and you know Pasternak or like some of those other guys, and like they don't remember that like at one point like three of the f- what like the f- five best centers in the league were like. Getzloff, Taves, Kopitar, Bergeron, and Bergeron and Crosby, like Pretty much, you know what I mean. And like all five of those guys play both sides. Like, yeah. not there's not a one sided player in there. Like that era is it's it, you're, it's funny you mention it like that because that era seems like it was a really long time ago, mm-hmm. but that era kind of just ended probably five years ago where it completely changed this like extreme speed game mm-hmm. uh, like put pucks in areas right there's a lot of that that goes on in the game now the past several years yeah well you know i mean the big difference right is the era we're talking about was dump and chase and now it's that chip and chase right it's like don't yep. just send it but get it just enough beyond them that now you create these in you just create mini foot races yes yeah, so instead you hit, of you hit just inside the blue line with speed and possession mm-hmm. yeah it's, you know, no, but, you're right. You, when you mention those those centers, it makes me laugh. It's like, I think it was Dmitry Filipovich at one point. He said like when, and this is back at the peak of their powers between. He's like when Bergeron and Kopitar, and when they play each other on the ice, like nothing happens. Nothing happens. Like nothing happens in the in the in, the, in that in that you know that 45 seconds that they're on the ice. I mean, dude, it was you <laughs> know it freeze the game. It's like in those the the like late 2000s when you would watch you know like the Steelers and the Ravens play, and you're like. There's going to be maybe four or five big plays in this game for total. The rest of it is just going to be a bunch of punting. And because they're just two of the biggest, strongest defenses and the best defenses. And you've got Ed Reed and Palomalu and, you know, all, all these guys that are just, they just make the game miserable. Mm-hmm. And they're so fucking good. And that's what it was for a long time. It was that physical grind you down hockey. I mean, you know, Ryan O'Reilly to an extent is kind of. One of the last few guys kind of like that. I think Point is a little bit more. Um, Barkov and Couturier is definitely in that mold. But, you know, the the real, real high flyers at this point are all, like, offensive guys. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know? So. And how fitting was it, though, to, to top off for Getty when, uh, when he got his, his record-breaking point? It was a, a little tip pass in the neutral zone I know. to, to <laughs> Detroit Terry. It, it was it was incredible, dude. Like it was it was the perfect. Somebody else I saw somebody pointed it out on Twitter. Maybe a couple of people did that. It was like an airy and an airy, or how he got all his goals, like Perry and Terry. <laughs> and I thought that was pretty funny. 
But like, yeah, dude, like that was exactly what it is. Like if you just watch that play, like his pass is not the thing that you're naturally attracted to. You know, it's one great stretch pass and then he just the softest little redirect and Terry's in and he beats the goaltender with a great move. Yep. And, no, it was phenomenal. You know, and that whole play happens because, like, they talked to him after the game, and he was like, yeah, that's just kind of where we want our left wings to be. So I went there, and I saw Terry had speed, and I just kind of put it in front of him. I was like, yeah, yeah of course you did. But you're also <laughs> six foot four. so easy. Yeah. You're not supposed to have that kind of that kind of deft touch like that. No. And it's just a perfectly weighted pass just right in front of him. Terry gets on the end of it, and he finishes it. And it's... It's awesome, dude. That made me so happy. Like, you know, Troy Terry was more excited that Getsy got the assist than he got the goal. Like, it oh, rocked. Yeah. So. And what, I mean, and how cool is it that, that Terry all of a sudden is having the season he's having to be able to chip mm-hmm. in and on a big play like that for the captain, right? To get that to become the greatest stock of all time. Uh, just a cool moment. That was so cool. Yeah, dude. I mean, I think at this point, it's it's reasonable to say that like Troy Terry is probably one of the three or four best players on the team this season. You know, it's it's him and it's Getzloff, and if you want to say Henrique and the goalies, like I'm not really going to disagree with you. No, I mean scoring wise, mm-hmm. I would definitely, definitely, yeah, hundred percent. But I mean, Troy Terry's getting it done at both ends, dude. He's making great defensive plays. Like he has been so good. Like he, he... Yeah, let's shift gears off of Getzy real quick. Let's mm-hmm. talk about Troy Terry. What have you seen in his game that you uh, would? I know I'm sure you've probably talked about this with Eddie already uh, and Jay, but I think I want to hear it from you. Like in in your in your eyes this season, what do you see that's completely different compared to what you've seen previously? The biggest thing for me that stands out is his confidence. Like, yeah, because before he would try things, and when they failed, it it felt like he was either timid or he wasn't committing to it. And now he just goes all out. And that's, like, the difference, I think, right, between, like, him and, like, Trevor Zegers walked in with that confidence. Like, Trevor Zegers just walked in and was like, I don't care. Like, I'm going to try the Michigan or whatever I'm going to do. And Troy, he has that swagger. Yeah. And Troy Terry was just a little bit more, you know, soft-spoken. And, and I think, you know, maybe the part of that comes with being a fifth-round pick and all that kind of stuff. And he just didn't have that that confidence. And I think now that he's played, you know, 130 games or whatever it was close to coming into the season, he just know he gets it in the NHL level now. Like, he understands what an NHL season is and what the NHL game is like. And now what he's doing is, like, like I said it on Twitter the other night, like, his biggest asset is his brain. He's His hockey IQ is incredible. His second biggest asset is probably his work ethic. Like, that dude never stops moving when he's on the ice. He is always going for it. And it's not in it's not the same kind of way as, like, McTavish is, where, it, you know, he's just everywhere all the time. It's just he never stops chasing the puck. Like, it's a lot closer to more of, like, how Andre Kasha was when he was healthy for five, ten games in a row. Um, <laughs> where it's just... He's just on your ass all the time, and he's making these aggressive stick checks and these aggressive stick lifts, and you know he he's going into the corners with authority and pulling the puck out like he's making little three, four, five foot passes in these really tight spaces along the boards. Like I feel like four or five times tonight, him and Henrique or him and Getzloff had these little quick one, two, three passes just to kind of cut across the line, like. 
his head is moving, like his feet don't stop moving. Like he's just doing everything right now. And it's just so good to see because it does seem like the biggest thing that changed for him is that now he believes he can do it at this level. And so he is. When I, when I was at the game on Wednesday or was it Tuesday against New Jersey, um, I believe he scored in that game too, if I remember correctly. I, in fact, I know he did. Yeah, he's but, got the point streak, so I'm sure he short, yeah. scored a goal or two. <laughs> but he, it just looked like I was sitting next to uh, to Dave, and and I was like, you know what, man, he would have passed that puck last season, or he would have never taken the shot with yep. a back. It's just he's making these decisions with the puck. Um, that are just, just something we haven't seen from him. He had two goals that night, and I remember now that I think about it. It's like that that kid is just different. He's just different. Yeah. It's just he's. It looks like a like a totally different player than he did last year. I don't know what he did this off season, or if he went and saw somebody to help him out. You know, like uh, you know what they call it? like a, not like not a therapist, but they call it like a sports, sports psychologist. Like, yeah, someone try to help you out with like your thinking and, and maybe help you. I don't know what he did. Or if he's if he's training with different people or doing something, but man, he's killing it. He's absolutely killing it. He's maybe the most impressive player uh, this season. Easily. Yeah, I I a hundred. I think that's absolutely true, man. I you know I mean I, I I've this is the season I expected from Trevor Zegers. <laughs> you know, this is the thing. This he's having the season right now. I think we've all been waiting for Sam Steele to have. Mm, yeah, that's another bummer one. That real strong two-way game and, you know, that just kind of vision. And even when necessarily if things aren't working, you see you see the process happening. And, you know, it seems like Steele has kind of settled into a lower role and a little bit lower expectations. He seems to have success being back, excuse me, back on the wing. Um you know, I, I think Sam Steele's fine. Like, I think he's going to be in a good spot. I think there's an argument to be made that he could get traded or something like that. But that's hard cart in front of the horse. I'm not, you know, at this point, Sam Steele looks like a perfectly good checking third line center or uh, winger. And like, yeah, man, that rocks. Like, that's fine with me. He doesn't need to be special. And this is, you know, something I know I've talked about with Eddie and we talked about a lot last season is just, the guys are new at the top of the lineup and it's allowing some of the older guys, even some of the older prospects, right? Like Steele or Lundestrom to look better because they're slotting into much more reasonable roles. Mm -hmm. You know, like, no, they they need that. (sighs) Yeah, they absolutely need that. You need the guys to take pressure off and let, and let players um, play in the, in the, in the slots they're supposed to. And that's, and that seems kind of crazy, right? Because you kind of feel like, oh, this is hockey. They're all really good. They, they should be able to play anywhere in the lineup. But it's it's just a matter of fact. There, yeah, there's no, different it's... levels to the best. When you break down the best players in the league, there's different levels in there. And to have a guy feel that he has to, you know, play 20, 20 minutes a night and take all the, the, you know, the defensive zone draws and then, you know, be the guy that tries to carry the power play. That's a lot of responsibility. And if you can't be that guy, but you're put in those positions, not saying that Sam still has. I'm just saying, if you're if you're slotted incorrectly, I mean mm-hmm. that's, but, that's a big problem. Yeah, absolutely. But and not even just Sam Steele, right? Like it's that way for everybody. Like, look how much. Oh, my example was going to be um, Vegas. Mm-hmm. Like William Carlson is not a number one center. No, <laughs> just not. neither neither is fucking what's his name Chandler Stevenson. Yeah, and he's not. 
And to get to that, which I know is something else we were going to talk about anyways tonight, we'll get to that now. Like, now that they have Eichel, what does that do? It does the they exact same thing. They just solve their center thing. problem. Yeah, yeah, it just drops everybody down a slot. And now, I think it was uh, Elliot Friedman said it the other day, like, they might now be the deepest center group, you know, in the league. Like, they might just have the best one. Because if William Carlson is, like, your second-line guy, Chandler Stevenson's your third-line guy, and you've got Jack Eichel, who at his you know, at his best, at his healthiest, like, is one of the five best centers in the league. Like, it's 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 remarkable, you know. And then you add on that they've got Pacioretty. You add on that they've got Stone. You know, Jesus, that line's going to be a, a, insane, just a, a terror when they're healthy all together. Oh my it's, god, it's going to be insane, dude. It it's it's absolutely fucking insane, and it's going to be so much fun to watch. I'm so excited. So, I. Let's do the little bit of Eichel stuff first, and then we'll get to the kind of what the Eichel trade means for the Ducks. So well, let me let me let's wrap this week real quick. Okay, for the Ducks, I, I want to ask you what was the game that you thought they had that they played the best? I think tonight they maybe got a little bit lucky. Uh, Gibby had to really really play and 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 uh, stand on his head a bunch. But uh, what was the game you thought that they they kind of like? Wow, this team looks really good so, for what they are. Right, that's the team that we uh, so yeah. we didn't expect, but they're here. They are. So I would say, like, they ragdolled Arizona pretty good, but Arizona, like, is so fucking bad. <laughs> like, like going into that game, they were winless, and they had, they lost that game. Like, they hadn't had a win in 10 games. And, like, for me watching that game, I was like, oh, Arizona's really fucking bad. Watching Montreal, I was like, oh, the Ducks are doing it. Like, I feel like the Ducks fucking ragdolled Montreal in that game for most of that game and for me that was the one that was really nice to see yeah and Montreal is not as good as people were saying last season and that's starting to really show they can be competitive for a little bit but they can't hang that team can just not hang this year but they they were they were touted to be better than Anaheim Mm -hmm. Anaheim played a great game well yeah I mean you know look they they lost their number one defenseman, their number one goalie. They lost their, you know, arguably the best center on the roster with Kakanyemi still developing, or uh, with Suzuki still developing, and Paul, uh, not Paul, uh, Paul, what is his name? Dano. I want to Dano, he just went to... Oh, went to the Kings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I can't... Philip Dano. Philip Dano. I kept wanting to say Paul Dano, who's the actor. Anyways, my brain doesn't work. <laughs> Uh, Giamatti. Wait, no, no, exactly. no, no, that's not him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I play for the Kings now. <laughs> for me, New Jersey was a lot of fun to watch too. Yeah. Both those games. Good. Um So I real quick, since you know, like you said, like obviously we've had you on all these last few weeks and we haven't heard the end of you talking, but what is just like your impressions, I guess, been from the season so far? It's last season. I watched the games one because I love my team, uh, and two, we were still doing post game shows, and so it, it kind of felt like a chore watching those games. They were they were brutal, um, not fun at all. It's like cool. I'm gonna watch. Oh, who do they play tonight? Oh, yay! They play Colorado. Well. Hell, this is going to be a great game for McKinnon. Like this is going to be a tough go. And this season, yeah, they haven't they haven't had to uh, you know they haven't had too many games where I felt like they weren't out of it. Even their overtime losses were fun. 
unfortunate, but those games were fun. Um, and I think that's how I feel with the season. So far, it's fun. I don't care if they lose. Right. Because the team is fun to watch. The team last season, I was just like, Jesus, do you guys – who are you guys? Like you, and, and that's the majority of the team this year is the same team. But for whatever reason, they're completely, to me, different, at least so far, riding a little bit of luck. But even last year when they were lucky, those games were rough to watch. Yeah. Like they eked out a win. You're like, oh, cool, they won. But you're like, damn, that win didn't feel good. Like, they didn't deserve that. How'd they get there? And then now, like tonight, they played pretty good. I mean, that that score probably should have been 4-3, not 4-1. Gimme mm-hmm. stole it. But, and you said, like you said, the fourth line chips in with two goals. How often does that happen? Um I just, it's just fun. The season's a lot of fun so far. I hope it continues. I don't care if they don't make the playoffs. I, I'm just having a great time watching this team. Yeah, yeah. I think the the Edmonton game from about like last week is the one that really sells it on that for me because it's like it like six five. You're like, what the there's hell is going no on world here? in last year they could have been in a six five game. They just didn't have the horses. They and could have scored this... five goals in a week. <laughs> <laughs> it was brutal. It was so hard to watch last season. No, you're hundred percent right. And it, thank it, God we didn't do any uh, watch parties last year. Nobody would have showed up. Like God. that's. Nobody wanted to turn it on at home. Like, it was such a tough go. Yeah, that would have turned into group therapy is what that would have yeah. turned into. <laughs> For the six people that were there. Like, oh, man. <laughs> Sitting in a circle. Beers on the house, right? Oh, no, we got to pay for these? Oh, <laughs> fuck. Um, so, okay. So, Eichel gets traded to uh, the Las Vegas Golden Knights uh, for – so, here's the thing that I love. A third-round pick and Jack Eichel. Buffalo gave up a third-round pick, which is so funny to me. And then they get Krebs. Tuck. Tuck, a first, and a second. And it's, the, it's the dumbest trade. Honestly, it's it's stupid. That's I'll just say that. So why don't you like it? Okay, why I don't like it, and this has been said by other people, I'm sure. This, in, in fact, I think Ryan Lambert said it on their podcast. He is exactly how I felt about it. We waited all this time for this? Like, this was the deal? That's it? Like, if this happened a year ago, it's fine. Makes sense. Cool. Get it over with. Got but they waited and waited and waited and waited and waited. Then they had that weird thing where Calgary, you know, so they were up to trading Matthew Kachuk and, like, Kevin <laughs> Weeks report. Like, whatever BS that was. Or I think Buffalo maybe. Whoever's, whoever leaked that Oh, was Buffalo hilarious. for sure leaked that. And then the other part of this whole thing that I, I I feel like Buffalo just screwed themselves here. Like, how are those the two the two teams at the end of the day that were vying for Jack Eichel and nobody else? Why was this not like a massive bidding war? Well, Buffalo didn't take any salary back, which is really dumb on their part. Um, they could have totally, you know, got more for Eichel had they retained salary. In See, my opinion, I think that's so stupid. I never would have retained on that deal Th- to get more in the short term. Why not? They because could have gotten more. I, and they got Tuck, which is a, a fine player. He's good. I mean, but Krebs, okay. And then it's like, well, that's that's who they got? We could have easily topped that deal. Okay. What, cop- we easily what deal beats deal. it? What deal beats it? Well, you would have to give up um, Comtois. Mm-hmm. You have to give up Comtois there. I think you also have to give up um, if Raquel was healthy. I would see Raquel also going as well. Mm-hmm. Those would be the two guys. And then picks. 
And probably, you know what? We probably would have lost McTavish mm-hmm. or someone along those lines. Yeah. Because Murray was not trading Z no matter what. That's, that wasn't happening. And he was not going to trade Drysdale. Drysdale's now become like a number two defenseman on this team. Like, there's <laughs> there's no way. There's no way. And he and plus, Murray doesn't feel like we need to rebuild, right? We're reloading or something, whatever they, the other term is that GMs like to say. Um, but that's, that's that's why I feel like this. Like, I think Buffalo could have done more. It was, it was, you know, people say that, you know, the market was shitty because of his, you know, his neck surgery and, and, you know, oh, some teams say, you know, they disagree with what he wanted and okay, whatever. Buffalo waited so long, so long. I mean, probably two seasons too long to trade him, in my opinion. Yeah. Like I, I mean, he, there was already like word that he was wanting out. Mm-hmm. Summer 2020. No, you're 100% right. I, I, I just think... Before his injury. I think the... Uh, let me say this. I think this was the right summer to trade him, just based on timeline. I think that they owed it to themselves to try to do one more year and prove it to him. And then the Taylor Hall thing just didn't work. Oh, and but they gave Jeff Skinner a lot of money. Remember that? Remarkable, dude. Just... I. He's my new favorite player in the entire league. <laughs> He's, I didn't even realize he signed. He signed for eight years. He got eight, nine million dollars a year for eight years with a full no movement clause. He, dude, he is my favorite player in the league. That oh, dude just so said, bad, "You know dude. what I'm going to do? I am going to set up my family for the rest of the life. Like his great grandchildren are never going to have to work because dude, he's he suckered the pagula. Right? He was. Let me see. Oh, cool. Looking this up on the fly is always makes great for podcasting. He was born in 92. Yeah, so he's 28. Yeah. 29. He'll be 29. 29. And they have him still for a very long time at a very high cap rate. All because he had one good season. He did what Kyle Lucposo did, dude. Kyle Lucposo played on John Tavares' wing, and John Tavares was in, like, his early 20s. And Kyle Oposo was just a really good player. I don't think I think he had twenty goals once, but he was just a really good player. He played a heavy game. He was great to have, and they were like, "Yeah, we're gonna bring him in." And they gave him like six years, <laughs> six million dollars a year, and a full fucking no move. And now Kyle Oposo just lives in Buffalo making money. It's awesome, dude. Like that's that's the thing that's so funny about this is like somebody has to take a salary like somebody has to get paid and these two dudes are like you know what fuck it i don't even care let it be me i'll stay in buffalo, well, buffalo has fine. The, i think they have the most cap space yeah they have 17 million dollars in cap right now so they could have taken eichel money they could have easily here's the it. thing here no 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 no. here's the thing they could have taken more salary on oh, i agree way, with that by the way what's funny real quick <laughs> so jeff skinner his total is seventy-two million, but only fifteen million of that is bonuses. So, did they kind of do something smart there? <laughs> Unless that's the only guaranteed money, right? Yeah, no, that's that's fair. Have fun. If anything happens with the CDA or anything comes around, then maybe they can weasel the way out of that. <laughs> yeah, when they get their next compliance buyout. <laughs> oh, yeah, isn't it like the they they brought those along after the last CBA because like. Is it Kovalchuk or whatever? Had that ridiculous deal or whatever? Well, yeah. Did. Well, because of the yeah, the last that was one of the things the owners asked for in the last. Well, we spent too much vacation. money and now we're yeah. bankrupt. Mm. 
Dude, so good. Just so stupid. Just genuinely the worst people in the world. <laughs> Billionaires. Oh, we messed up. Can we have our money back? Yeah, no shit, dude. <laughs> oh, God. Fucking ridiculous. But, it, you know, whatever. But, like, I just, they got paid, man. I'm so happy. Like, Jeff Skinner, Kyle Posa, they're, like, my favorite players in the world now. Because they were just like, fuck this. I'm going to stay in Buffalo. I'm going to play bad hockey. And I'm going to get fucking paid. And I mean, like, they still have Posa for two more years with $6 million each. Mm-hmm. That's insane, dude. But you didn't mind this deal, and what would you have given up for him from Anaheim? Let's 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 make sure we stay on on, so, uh, on topic here for Anaheim. What would you what would you give up to get Jack Eichel? So I think at the end of the day, my trade would have been Comtois. This would have been my offer. I would have said Comtois, Manson, Raquel, Kessler's deal, next year's first. And I would be even throwing like two seconds. Because you definitely have to move cap space because Eichel's going to make $10 million a year. Mm-hmm. Here's the other thing, though. I also think sending them like Raquel would have made sense because it gives them something to trade. But I, 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 I get the thing with Tuck with them. Like, he's from that area. He's excited to be there. They needed that win. Like, they really needed someone who wasn't going to immediately run away. Yeah. And I get that. And I think people are fucking shitting on Peyton Krebs for no reason. He only fell because he tore his Achilles. He was a top 10 pick before he tore his Achilles at the end of his junior season, his draft year. And he fell. And he didn't even fall that far. He fell to 17. Yeah. Still a great player. There were people who thought he might have fallen all the way to the end of the first, early second because of that Achilles tear, and he still went at 17, and he was a top 10 talent that year. Like, I, people are shitting on Peyton Krebs for no reason, and I don't understand it. Like, yes, I think it's ridiculous that Vegas was able to get that pick top 10 protected. (laughs) That's absolutely absurd to me. But, but like, you know, other than that, I really don't, you know, like, yeah, I w- you would have liked to see them get hopefully maybe one more first round pick out of there, even if they do have to take back some salary. Like, but like, I'm not paying Jack Eichel to go play somewhere else so that team can be better. Like, fuck you. Like, I'm just no, not. They have, Eichel, they have Jack Eichel for the next five seasons, including this one. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not taking any of his. I'm not going to keep paying Jack Eichel to be good for you at less than I'm paying him. Right. So let me let me ask you this question then to kind of wrap up the Jack Eichel stuff. If you had to match the player per player, those would be your, your two. You would say Raquel and Comtois would be the two guys that go over there? I think I would say... To be honest... I mean, Tuck's a really good player. I think you're looking at Troy Terry and McTavish. Yeah. I don't know that I want to trade Troy Terry right now. Like, I I get that Jack Eichel is special, but, like, dude, Troy Terry might kind of be too. And, like, if I could keep Troy Terry, I'd rather keep Troy Terry than take the gamble on Jack Eichel with what that means for what that does to my timeline, things like that. Like, don't get me wrong. I still stand by what I said, which is... I would trade four first-round picks for Jack Eichel at the draft. Like, at the draft. Yeah. I would have done that. I don't care. Because then you keep all of your guys, you start to move some guys around, and maybe, you know, you can recoup some of those picks by trading some of those guys out. But, like, 
I'm all in on getting Jack Eichel, but I don't think you should like come fundamentally fuck your whole timeline up with the players that you do have to bring no, in a guy. No, especially because this team is in a position now to to get these players to step forward. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, we you know, know how upset the fan base would have been, even if we got Jack Eichel, but it cost Troy Terry, and Troy Terry had this season in Buffalo. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. They would have been like, wow, can't believe, oh, there we go. Well, yep. we gave up another young prospect, and now we got a guy with a broken neck we're not going to see for six months. And meanwhile, Troy Terry's lighting up the league. Yep. 100% and right, dude. People I, really yeah. upset about that. Of yeah. course. People would have been pissed. And, like, you know, part of it, I think, is a little hypocritical because it's easy to say you trade someone now when you have don't have to trade them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I did see a couple of people that were like, oh, I would trade Jack and Troy Terry. And I'm like, mm, I don't know that I would. I don't know that it's worth it. Like, I get why on paper it's 100% worth it. But, like, Troy Terry clearly loves playing in Anaheim right now. Yeah. I'm not I'm not getting rid of that. Like, he's been so. But then the a... center depth goes, it would be Eichel, uh, Zegris, Getzloff. That's, that's, pretty, that's pretty beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. No, it's incredible. <laughs> You know, I just, I don't know, man. I just think, so let me, let's, let's pivot, I guess, to how it affects the Ducks going forward. Like, do you think now that this means Anaheim should go look at someone like Ryan Strom or, or Dylan Strom, I guess, in Chicago, who no. they've been linked with? Do you think no. they should go looking for a 24, 25 year old center? Or do you think they should just ride this out and start selling? I think we ride it out and start selling. That's, that's always been my, my pitch here. Mm-hmm. Sell. Sell the guys that you need to get rid of to, you know, free up cap space. Get as many picks as you can. You know, that's the lottery. Drafting players is the lottery. Yep. You know, not everyone's Connor McDavid. Look at Nico Heischer and Jack Hughes. Not everyone is Connor McDavid, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's kind of how it goes. Top 10 picks don't always become these guys. Um, you know, Zegers could very well only be a 50, 60 point guy. That's 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 not bad. It's not right. what, you, what you hope. You hope he could be an 80, 90 point guy, 100 right. point guy, but that's tough. You don't know. So, I mean, we're only seeing Troy Terry. Troy Terry's 24 years old. He's a year younger than Jack Eichel, <laughs> and he's having the best year of his career. Yeah, he just set a high in goals for the year with eight. So, no, yeah. 100%. So, ride this out, sell these guys. I don't want to see Ricard Raquel on this team next year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mind Jacob Silverberg on this team for leadership, right? And I think he's a perfectly fine, probably middle six player at this point uh penalty killer for sure mm-hmm. but give you you gotta sell off manson you have to sell off um raquel and you probably i hate to say it i mean you probably should sell off hampus Lindholm. i was and, gonna i was waiting to see get, if you were gonna say him as much as i don't want it you, you kind of you're at that point if they have really good years and you get to the deadline and you can get a a sick deal for picks or a young pro or young prospects to help out your you know your team here, and you're going to give somebody else a chance to run in the cup. There's an argument to be made, in my opinion, to do it. Yeah, it gets rid of some of your your you know the, the fan favorites here, one of my favorites. Um, but you got to do what you got to do to get to get the bus going in the right direction. And right now, holding on to these guys who are like at the end of their peaks, to for what to to maybe get a wild card spot and they get blown out in the first round, like. Let's, I don't, I'm not here for that. I'm here for the long haul. Let's let's see what we can actually do and and bring the right pieces in here and be super competitive next season or the season after. That's that's where my head's at. No, I'm 100 percent with you. Hampus Lindholm is the line for me. I haven't I haven't made up my mind uh, as far as which one. Like I've said, it depends on the deal. 
Yeah, it really does. Like, I, I would rather overpay him than take a bad deal. I've said that, and I stick to that. Like, I, I would run with you on that too, man. I, I would rather overpay him than sell low. Like, I just... <laughs> I just love that dude, man. Like, I just love that dude. Like, tonight, you probably didn't notice him much. And that those are his best nights, unless he's putting up points, which he doesn't do very often. But those are his best nights. You didn't see him fumble the puck. You didn't see him turn it over. You didn't see him create a scoring chance for the other team. Super quiet night for him, which to me means he probably had a great game. Yeah. No, he was great. Um, you know, I mean, he shot the puck that Sam still deflected. Like, I've joked about it on Twitter. Like, we're seeing contract Lindholm, man. He's jumping into the play more. He's taking shots more. Like, I, I, I don't know if the, you know, the stats would back this up, but I would be willing to say that he's taken more shots through these first 10 games than he has through 10 games at any other time in his career. Like, he is just shooting the puck, and it rocks. Yeah. I agree. He's He's been good. He, to me, he's been really, really good. So, yeah, that's a tough thing for me to, to you know, to be like, well, yeah, I'd give him up. But it'd have to be the right deal. But I have no problem giving him um, – if, if he comes back and they're like, hey, we gave him an 8x8, eight eight, and we're like, oh, so I guess we gave him an 8x8. Eight eight. Yep, okay. 100%, dude. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's fine. That's sure. what it is. Okay, it works for me. Hampus Edward Vlasic, <laughs> you know, it, it is what it is. Like, yeah. Cool, fine. he's going to retire here? Awesome. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, I, I yeah, it's just, you know, like, I think Lindholm and Gibby are the two that are the most interesting, right? Because I think it's, like you said, I think... Raquel and Manson are straightforward. I think they're, you know, I just think those are pretty much automatic yeses. And, and I like Manson too. People think I don't like him. I've had this discussion with Jimmy and with Dave. Like, it's not that I dislike him. I just know that we would get something for him from a team and not have to give up much more than him and get something credible back to help us out. Yeah, I, I keep wondering with him if he would waive one of the teams on his no-trade clause if it meant he went with Hampus. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'd be kind of interesting. That's mm-hmm. it, yeah. If I trade you with your buddy, will, <laughs> will you go to one of these places you don't want to go? <laughs> yeah, do you want to go to... Where would, you want, where, where would they go? Probably somewhere back east. Uh, Winnipeg is the one. Oof. You could get Cole Perfetti. You could probably get a first-round pick. Um, like, that... Buddy, let me tell you. That uh, that would be the one. If you sent both of those dudes over there and put uh, just added them to the top four, so now you're looking at, you know, uh, Morrissey, Manson, Lindholm, and Pionk, and then your bottom pair is Brendan Dillon and Dylan DeMello. Like, yeah, dude, that's all of a sudden, that's not a weakness anymore. And they've got, like, yeah, see, this is the problem, because I can do this shit all day. Like, they've got the Brian Little contract. He's probably never going to play again. Like, his career seems like it might legitimately be over. And he makes, like, 5-2-5-3 on that deal. So that's, yeah, that's a very Mm -hmm. useful piece to trade out right now. Yeah. Just, Just sit on IR. You know, so I just, there's a lot of trades out there that are very interesting for me. There are a lot of teams out there that I'm very interested in to see how, how they, they go forward. Like I was looking at Florida the other day and like Florida, like 
they don't have any pieces to really trade away. Like all of their guys are making just enough money that it's not worth getting rid of them. Mm. It's just so all it right now, dude. dude they're playing they're so good. Bulldozing teams. And yeah. They're so good. And it's I mean, just Carolina's one, one of those teams too. Right. But yeah, a hundred percent. But like, right. The thing is, is as a GM, right. You want to be able to go and say, yo, you guys earned me going out and getting you help. Yeah. And it's like, okay, great. But like, is somebody going to take Sarah Bobrovsky's $10 bajillion contract? Probably not. And there's no guarantee that if you send him out, Spencer Knight's 100% ready. Yeah. You know, like, it's just, they're in such a weird spot. Like, you know, Carolina. I think you could say the same thing about our goaltending, right? Like, Gibby doesn't make as much as, as Bob. Gibby makes a decent contract. It's a, it's probably a team-friendly deal at this point, um, or for sure is. But why would you want to trade him right now? I mean, with the, with the way the kids are coming back, I know I've talked about trading him in previous seasons. But are we really so sure that Stolarz and Dostal can carry this team? Don't know. That, exactly. And that's, you know, like, and I think the one thing that you say there, right, is Dostal's probably not the answer this season. But if you trade Gibby, you're probably getting a goalie back. You have to. You know, you're you getting get Kemper back. if you send him to Colorado. You're getting Mraz, uh, Freddie if you send him to Carolina. Oof. You're getting Yari no, if you You've send Freddie. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're going to get Tristan Yari if you send him to Pittsburgh. Like, you know, so I, I just think Stolarz has been good enough that I wouldn't mind giving him 15, 20 more games a season. Yeah. Um, because he's he's played well enough to earn him, so you know. Yeah, he's not a bad goaltender. Mm, hello, I really no. like him. I think he's a really good backup. I've been very, I was very skeptical of la- at the end of last year because it was a couple of games that meant nothing. I was very skeptical. Mm. He has looked very good this year. I agree. I've been very impressed with him. Where do you want to Where do you want to go before we get our weekly predictions? Before we wrap the show up today, or are we there? Well, I guess the other thing that we should talk about is the one player we didn't talk about too much and why, right? Um, you mentioned this to me before as far as uh, Trevor Zegers. Just guys are just mm, going for him. Yes, yep. And, you know, that Paquette one, like, I honestly, like, I was kind of surprised that that was two games. Like, I think that that play deserved two games, but I don't think in the past that play has been two games. No, it hasn't. Yeah, so no one I, gets two, especially if they get a five and a ten, they get a game. Exactly. I was like, yeah, so I fully expect it to be maybe a game. And to see it get two, like, you know what? Great. But, like, going forward, like, I'll be curious if that's still two. But, like, you know. I, is it his, do you think he yaps a lot out there? Maybe oh, that's I know why. He, I know yeah. it's what it is. <clears throat> also, he's a little bit of a pretty boy. Like, it's very easy to see why having a 20-year-old just yapping at you like that. You Like, you want to punch him. <laughs> he's and like this again this is the other part of this that people don't like sometimes is it's a physical game and when you have a kid out there the best way to fuck with him is to make him remember that he is with physically grown men there's yeah, a reason he's only 180 pounds he's, he's not a big guy yeah no there's a reason Ryan Johansson hated playing against you know Ryan Kessler he made it hurt. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's not 
fun. And when you're young and you're still trying to find yourself and like establish yourself as a star player, if you have to look over your shoulder all the time, dude, like it's not fun. Like it's just, it's not enjoyable. You know, that's why they used to play the, you know, the, the, the up and coming rookies on the fourth line. Mm-hmm. Bobby Ryan started his career with Todd Marchant and George Peros. Yep. You know, and like, I don't, I don't, I, I wonder, right? Like, because Raquel's not a fighter. Henrique isn't a fighter. Jones is the guy you would think maybe it would be, but he just can't be out there right now. Yeah. Comtois got his own stuff, so you don't really want Comtois out there trying to defend Henrique. Like, I, I, or Zegris, like, I, that's my question to you. And this is how it ties into Getzloff. I have noticed this season that the moment a scrum pops off, Getzy is in there. He was in there tonight. He was in there tonight. He's been and in last everyone. Night, or two nights ago. Yeah. So, I guess... I love it. My, my favorite is with him is when he, he goes in there and he's laughing. And he's mm-hmm. grabbing, grabbing two guys and laughing and shaking his head like, oh, okay, okay, what are Dude, you going to do? Dude, his mocking is so good. <laughs> but... That is so. That's something I noticed, and that that's interesting to me with this because it does seem to be like he gets that this is two things at once. As far as these young guys learning, but also like this team is kind of good right now. Um, but where are you at with Zegris? Like, do you just play him with Delorier? Like, what do you do? It's that's a tough one, man. Because this is not the team from the past where we had, you know, Brian Burke. And he's got four guys in the team that have no problem dropping the gloves to protect players. You Dude, know, how, like we're, those days are gone. How we much, don't have those guys. How much would you pay to have Sheldon Brookbank for a season right now? Right? Yeah. Like, oh. yeah. Travis Mullen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's fine, too. Play play bottom minutes. And, you know, you, I don't, I don't, I'm not all, you and I love the era of fights and, and all that, but we also understand the game's changed and, and, uh, you know, that's not a thing anymore. There's not many staged fights as they go anymore. It's usually a passion, you know, it's a moment of passion where it comes out mm-hmm. and someone's upset and then they scrap. But um, D'Lo is the only guy on this team that'll fight. I mean, Getz will fight. But, uh, I mean, you kind of need other guys to be able to stick up for this kid because, yeah, he's he's kind he does he does flashy stuff. And, you know, he talks shit. Mm-hmm. You know, he talks shit. Absolutely. But, to, but he's gotten run. For the last two weeks, I feel like every time he's on the ice, someone's taking a run at him. Yeah. I mean, Subban. And how how much longer is the league going to let Subban just, just fucking slufa people? I mean, you, you find him 15 <laughs> grand. Like, are you serious? That's it? 15 grand? And he, they literally had a, like, he said three slufas. And you're just going to be like, oh, that's cool. I'm not going to suspend you. That's a super dangerous play. But why would we suspend you for that? Makes no sense. <laughs> I don't get it. Slufa's. Z Z got hit earlier in that game or later in that game, high and hardy. I think he had blood on his face, but the referee didn't even pay attention to it. Um, he's just I don't know. It's something. It's something's bound to happen. Uh, that it, I just feel like it's not going to be. It's not going to be good if this continues. They got to figure something out for him. You know, it's kind of bullshit that he gets run the way he does. I mean, I don't see our team going out and running other other young players. It just we don't have those guys. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, I, I would say the same thing. I've been a little surprised that the the responses have been as tempered as they have been. And, and I don't want to sound like I'm talking shit, like, 
the team is soft because like I think we've seen this time team be physical, but I do think we are seeing this team transition away from that very aggressive, very pestule like pestilent like you know, that like they're not the Getsy Perry Kessler team anymore. You know, and like you know, Manson's been in there, but Manson hasn't seemed like he's been really wanting to fight much this year. So, like, he I would... haven't seen a fire in him. You're right. How come that didn't pop into my head? He hasn't. He hasn't been physical at all. I think he's thrown some good hits and stuff like that. But like, oh, we had one fight where Getzloff lost his mind because they were having a scoring chances against Winnipeg last week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do remember that Manson did have a fight. I take it back. But like, <laughs> that wasn't. I don't know. That one doesn't feel quite the same. But, you know, like, he's the one guy you would say, all right, maybe, you know, you just kind of try to make sure he's the defenseman on the ice with Zegris, which, you know, him and Fowler are playing well enough right now that maybe it works out because then you've got someone like Fowler who can jump into the play and all that kind of stuff. Are we in a situation where we're going to make fun of ourselves because we're like, maybe we got to, maybe we need Ryan Reeves. <laughs> Dude, I, I love Ryan Reeves. I, Me too. I, I don't, look, I would bring him over in a heartbeat. I mean, we'd have to trade a first to the Rangers to get him, but... Yeah, Reeves and D'Lo on the same team? Oh, then I don't, don't think anyone's messing with, with Zegers. Dude, I would play those two with Zegers. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> oh, my God. And they just don't have... They need the in-betweener, right? But, like, a big guy. That's what you That's what you think a team like this would need. When you have young, skilled players coming up to the lineup, you need the, the in-between guy who's not... Not a heavyweight fighter. He can score. He can skate. It's but he's Jones. also a guy that's like, yeah, I don't want to fight that guy. Yeah, Jones could be that guy. I don't feel. I don't think Jones is as big, right? Maybe he's a little bigger. But I don't Jones know, dude. No he's like strapping. six three, two ten. Like he's a big kid. That's true. Yeah, it, it's too bad that he's out, man. He's such a good guy. I felt so it, bad. He dude, was so. That's a that he was heartbreaker. Out. That is just such a heartbreaker because he's just. I just think he's come so far in these last couple of years and to see him really start to find his way and then to have that injury, that just, that's fucking heartbreaking, dude. Was it a torn bicep muscle or torn uh, pectoral muscle? I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think he ended up going away, like holding his arm. So yeah. Torn pectoral muscle. That sucks. That's terrible. That happening is that's right. You only played two games. <laughs> dude, just oh, the worst. He, uh, I was so excited to watch him get a bunch of time this year, man. Yeah, you knew he was going to, and this team, you know, they protected him. They want him on the squad. They feel like he has a place on this on this team. And oh yeah, that injury is brutal. But yeah, I think you're right. I think him and Z, I think he would definitely be the guy out there to protect Z. Mm-hmm. Even and you sure. know, and he 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 has mellowed out a little bit as far as the actual fighting has gone. But well, he, he was he a is, monster in juniors, dude. He, well, no, but not only that, but he <laughs> is in every fucking thing. He is in every scrum. So, like, you know that he would be in there just rabbit-punching guys and horse-collaring guys when they were trying to get on top of Z. Like, it just, you know, so I think that's a loss in a, in a lot of ways. Well, hopefully hopefully Z can come back and be healthy and uh, we don't have to worry about this kind of stuff, right? Like, we, I don't want to – this team should not overreact and get a bunch of fighters. I'm not saying that. But right. they definitely need somebody to stick up for these kids, you know? But you don't see – uh, you don't see a lot of, of a lot of. Uh, I mean, when Paquette hit him, you saw the reaction was from Sonny Milano. Yeah, dude, oh, that was awesome. Sonny Milano went fucking wild. 
it was so funny to see and it was so unexpected but it made me so happy like he like really just immediately jumped on him and when and they say like, upper oh. body injury though without any sort of like oh it's his shoulder <laughs> uh, to me it, just, it feels like concussion and i just yes. I hope that's not the case but that's kind yes. of feels like what it is well i saw a picture somebody took i guess somebody ran into him tonight at the game and he had like stitches on his left eye so like I'm pretty sure that it's a concussion, but apparently also someone else said he was skating warmups. Yeah, he skated. He skated today. So maybe he got. Maybe when he got hit at, in the Jersey game, because I remember he got slammed pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Maybe the visor went into his face. Something like that. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully it's not a concussion. I hate that. I mean, my favorite player ever ended his career because of him. That's just the worst. Yeah. All right, man. Let's take a look. You're at a huge Eric Lindros fan. Uh, I am a big Eric Lundros fan. Yeah, Ooh. very much so. Power forwards, dude. Jerome McGinley fan, too. Come on, Brendan Shanahan. Oh, I mean, these old school guys all day. And Jerome, I hate Detroit. But Jer- God, Jerome McGinley was my favorite player of all time. So, Yeah, Jerome's awesome, dude. God, Elvis. We love you, Elvis. All right, <laughs> week ahead. There's only three games this week, and play the same team twice. But Tuesday at Vancouver, Thursday, first game in Seattle. Very cool for Anaheim. And yep. say uh, Vancouver is back home. Where are you at, Patty? Oh man, this is always tough. When you when you, it's always tough because I feel like Vancouver should be a really good team or a better team. Four six uh, and one right now, dude. They're I four know. six and one nine points. They Negative should goal differential. Anaheim should be on a seven game win streak by next Sunday night. Uh I mean, they just should be. They're not playing any back-to-backs. They've got Vancouver on Tuesday, Kraken on Thursday, and then next Sunday at home they got Vancouver, Vancouver again. again. Um, I'm going to say they lose Tuesday, beat the Kraken, and then beat Vancouver at home. Mm, interesting. It's weird. Grubauer isn't actually that good, huh? <laughs> weird. All of a sudden, he's not pining behind the greatest fucking team ever assembled. Um, strange, right? Let's see. I I, I think I want to go with you, but I, I will actually say I do think Seattle's starting to be on a bit of an upswing. So I'll go win-loss win. I'll say they drop the game at Seattle, but they win both games against Vancouver. Because Vancouver just can't get out of their own way right now. So I got loss-win-win, you got win-loss-win. All right, mm-hmm. we'll see what happens there. Um... The other thing, too, we're going to be doing a podcast this week, but not on our main feed. We'll be doing a Patreon show. Uh, so for those of you who are Patreon members and you've been like, hey, we didn't get an extra show in October. Well, you're going to get two shows this month. We understand that uh, we didn't really hit what we were supposed to hit on October. So make sure we get two shows in. And if you're new to all of this, we do have a Patreon feed where you can get two extra shows a month plus other stuff like one of our Patreon members – got tickets behind the glass this last week for the Getzloff ceremony because someone offered to us we popped them in our patreon and someone was able to go to got two free tickets things like that happen uh we do watch parties we do giveaways when we can um we have a bunch of hats as far as merch goes and some other things but no we don't we do no you Steven, don't steven's not allowed to have any that's why he's Stupid. saying we don't have any i don't I, I want my hat i want my hat so bad you're going to get it with you, you know, you're going to come to a game. Oh, yeah, no, Detroit. You said, did you say go Detroit? Yeah, just to piss off Jimmy and uh, and Brett. Are you really a Detroit fan? 
No, I just think... I mean, it, it might be that way because I love Lucas Raymond. I think that's the best logo and jersey in professional sports. I mean, I disagree with you, but okay. But, no. I fucking hated Detroit forever. Yeah, I did too. And I, what's funny is I got older, I'm like, yeah, I kind of like their players. Like, some of their players back in the day. They were pretty damn good. <laughs> oh, dude, I love Justin Abelkater. Yeah, I don't. But uh, Forever Mighty, <laughs> so it's patreon.com slash Forever Mighty. That's where you can go to sign up. It's a dollar if you want to join our Discord uh, for that perk. And then the other one is the five, $5 tier per month. And that's where you get all the extra add-ons, and including, you know, Discord. But, uh, yeah, if you want some bonus uh, bonus material throughout the month, plus a, a, chance to, a chance to chat with us. And then, uh, yeah, helps us out as well. So that's where you can go to catch the show that we're going to be having this week. I'm not sure actually what day it's going to be on, but it'll be during, a mid, I think, midweek this week at some point. Uh, so you can catch us there. But, uh, Me and- yeah, oh, working on a watch party on mm-hmm. December 11th. Trying to figure out if that's going to happen or not. If we get enough people that want to go to the watch party, it's going to be at Lampost in East Yorba Linda. Uh, more details to come on that as long as we have enough interest to do it. We're going to go and, and take over their bar area there and hopefully watch the Ducks beat up on Pittsburgh. So that's the deal for December 11th. Uh, me and Eddie did a prospect show earlier this week. Um, that'll be out uh, as a podcast very soon. Uh, for now, if you want, you can always go watch it on Twitch where we streamed it live. Uh, we try to normally do the weekly shows live and then any bonus shows that we can do live, we try to make live, uh, you know, just try to make as much fun and accessible and, and immediate as possible. That's always been something we've really liked and seems like you guys enjoy that too. So, uh, thank you everybody, everybody very much for listening along and playing along with us and, uh, go ducks. eh? yeah, we'll catch you guys with a regular show next, uh, next Saturday. It looks like and a Patreon show to hit you guys here in the middle of the week. But, uh, let's go ducks. And hopefully that uh, we're wrong with our predictions and we come back to a seven game win streak, but that's it for Steven and I tonight. Have a great one, everybody. Bye.